I have a running gag that you don't know about with this podcast. Oh, really? I try to make it as difficult as humanly possible for you to edit it together. <laughs> so if I just, like, suddenly develop Tourette's over the course of this podcast... <laughs> you just talk to other people so there's no clean... So there's no clean... So there's no clean... So there's no clean... Exactly, there's no way to put it in. Anyway, and then there's no way... There's no empty space for anyone to be able to... Yeah, it's, it makes it very hard for me to go back and... Yeah. Welcome to the Daily Screening Podcast. As always, my name is Daily. Uh, joining me this week is uh, my partner in anthropomorphized metallic crime, Bartholomew Delvin. Hello, Bart. I'm sorry, did you get my name wrong? I may have gotten your name wrong. Best friends for like 17 years, you yeah. got my fucking name wrong? <laughs> and, you, and you hesitated remembering that yours is, as always, it's, Daily? It's possible. That's Those are all possible truths. Uh, Bart Devin, hello, Bart. Hi. And uh, also joining us this week for the first time on the podcast, our uh, certified film scholar, Jason. Hello, Jason. Hello, hello. Uh, Jason, I'm going to confess something to you right now. I don't know if I know the proper way to pronounce your last name. Sudeikis. Well, it's... I, <laughs> it's not <I'm>... Sudeikis. <laughs> if it was Sudeikis, this podcast would be way more impressive. Um, Schwartzman. I will tell Bateman. you... Eventually, <laughs> many uh, years but I'd, hence. Be, I'd be far more interested in having you just take a stab at it. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Michelich. Okay, is it that's, Argonauts? I that that's my preferred <laughs> appellation. If you changed your last name to and the Argonauts, that would be yeah. impressive. Yes, I think it would probably have to be middle name and the. Oh yeah, Jason and the. Or you Argonauts. know what? It could be just Argonauts, and Anla could be your wrestling name. It's in quotes. <laughs> like Jake the Snake. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah, no, that's close enough. That's <laughs> I, that's not the worst I've ever heard. It's not the best. It's it is, however, not one I've heard before. So you have that distinction. All right. Usually I assume I, they usually usually you probably get what Mitchellich. Mitchellich is a big one. Yeah. Mikulich is a big one yeah. because it does seem like maybe it should be a hard C. Although, yeah. why it would be, I don't know. Um, the actual way we pronounce it mm. is Mikulich. Mikulich, which is the which least I should be able to remember because that's my first name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you're. It, but it doesn't make any sense. No. Like, if you, you look at the spelling of it... I might have, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened. Well, no. I was going to say... I forgot that you had one name, like, Prince, or... <laughs> yeah, right? It hasn't always been daily. That's true. Or Seal. <laughs> took, that took a while. Oh, um, um, it's Seal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's good for me to know for future reference. I was, I was literally thinking earlier, I was like, you know... Because I was the first one at the theater, and I was like, like, what if they get stuck in traffic or something, and I've got everybody's ticket, and, like, maybe I could leave them at the front desk, and I'd be like... A dude named Jason <laughs> will come get this ticket, please. It's like some fucking guy named Jason. Any random Jason could walk in then and the steal your ticket. Prophecy. When the moon rises for the third time, and the lizard is in the second house, house. of the cat. Uh, well, today we are talking Transformers. Age of what the fuck is wrong with this movie? Holy shit. So can I just clarify for a moment? <laughs> is What is the title of this movie? Because going into it, I 
legitimately thought it was Transformers: Land of the Lost, <laughs> which would have been way. I that look that would, if this movie had involved Lee Stacks. Uh, that only would have been an improvement. I think it was just because it involved dinosaurs, and I somehow got my wires yeah, no, that's a, I wasn't expecting it to be like a Land of the Lost crossover. I right. think they just jacked the title. That would have been a very natural connection to make, yeah. No, uh, I believe the full title is Transformers Age of Extinction, uh, which... Munities. I think, at one point, I think there was a, like, it was trans... Formers with like the number four in the middle of the word. Oh, okay, that a little clever. Yeah, that's kind of like seven, seven. Play. Like, that's, yeah, but I don't think that actually that's, happened. That's not what cleverness. Yeah, is. <laughs> <laughs> randomly inserting numbers into words is not. Yeah, mm-hmm. not does not have a cleverness make. Um, but listen, before we uh, get into the movie itself, uh, I want to introduce uh, our new, uh, a new, a new subroutine, a new, subroutine. Uh, a new. For- it's going to be running a, gag. Is a it a new, subroutine or a spatial anomaly? It may be a spatial anomaly. For the listening audience, we don't know what this is. Yes. I'm going to do this uh, this bit called uh, uh, Tonight's Best Trailer. What's the best trailer that we saw before <laughs> tonight's feature? Now, in this case, because we went to see it in IMAX, they only show one trailer, but it was a doozy, which is why it occurred to me that we should probably talk about this as part of the theater-going experience. Yes. We can always expand it out to just, like, what's the best trailer you've seen recently. We could do, yeah, one. absolutely. Um, but that might still be the one we saw yeah, tonight. Yeah, exactly. It's tonight we were treated to the uh, trailer for uh, Hercules starring The Rock, Dwayne El, Johnson. Eldad. Eldad himself. Uh, it's, I, so I knew this was a movie. I was aware that this was a movie that was going to happen in life. I was not. <laughs> I, no, I also was not, and now I am. But I hadn't seen any, like, marketing for it. I mean, I've seen, like, a couple of still frames and, like, a poster, but, like, that was the first time I'd seen anything in motion, any motion graphics. And, uh, I, can I just get The Rock with a lion head, a lion hat, a lion head hat? For, like, two hours? Because I'll show up to that movie. It looks like maybe you can. <laughs> also, occasionally Ian McShane will yell at him. <laughs> and which, John Houston. And John Houston will take, like, I would, I don't know who I'd rather have yell at somebody for a movie, but, like, both of them just taking turns. Yeah. Totally fine. Wait, that's not right. Wait, it can't be it's John not John Houston. Houston. It's John Houston's dead. John Houston is very dead. No, it's John Hurt. God. Okay. John Houston. If it was John Houston, I would be... Then I would definitely show up for that movie. Well, it would be if like it was the, just the reanimated corpse of John Houston. You mean like in how Sky Captain had the reanimated corpse of... Uh, uh, what's his name? The Shakespearean actor. Uh, I literally just had it on the shelf. I pulled it off the I shelf. I can't believe I'm way. blanking on I literally name. own the movie right here. Oh, well, you shouldn't do that. I know. It's a terrible I, movie. I haven't watched it in years. Angelina Jolie. Michael Gambon. No, 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 no. No, like the... Gambon's not dead. It's No, Gambon's not dead. The Lawrence Olivier, for God's sake. Olivier. Oh, God. Yeah. It, it, it gets to the end of that movie. The whole movie, I wrote actually a review on this once where I just said the whole movie was an exercise in necrophilia, <laughs> um, which is a, you know, just a fancy mm. word for corpse fucking. Yes. Because mm. it's just mining the dead souls of old, <laughs> like, I, you know, space science fiction serials that right. were already hackneyed and cliched when, when Star Wars ha- mined yeah. them. Exactly. Um, and so this is just doing it again, but even more nostalgic based. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, they, they finished off by actually fucking a corpse and reanimating <laughs> the head of Laurence Olivier to say their banal, horrible dialogue, which is now made that post facto after his death. 
the final Laurence Olivier performance. And that's very depressing on many levels. I'm so yeah. glad that I really don't remember anything from this movie. Uh, but yeah, so I'm very excited about the, I, this Rock Hercules movie, which I didn't even know was happening like a week ago. It's like, and now it's it's happening very soon. It's in July, July of this year. Yeah. So that's going to be happening like in a couple weeks, well, I guess. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see it. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to see it now. Yeah, I wasn't have wasn't prepared for that in my life, but now I'm excited <laughs> about it. I said earlier that I, I won't recognize any Hercules. It's not Kevin Sorbo, but well, so I took exception to that. What about, what about Arnold? Arnold is a fine Hercules. Or, I didn't I mean, say it because some... it was good. I just said <laughs> it's just like that's Hercules to me. It's Kevin Sorbo. That's Hercules in New York. That's like no, it's Hercules. It's, it's, Hercules. it's Hercules in space. No, no, the that's Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger is post. It's all post dubbed and weird. Oh yeah, no, it was an Italian production. Yeah, and yeah. I don't even think they used his voice. No, no, they didn't. Somebody else. Which is why I love that movie because it's Arnold. Like watching it now, where it's like, oh, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, very recognizable and also a very distinctive voice. And then to hear it's like it's like Jonah Hill's voice coming out of Arnold Schwarzenegger's mouth. It's like it just you can't not be dissociative and weird you yeah know? it was yeah. before they let him talk in movies yeah exactly huh. so future screenings we'll have to argue about uh, what's the best trailer we only saw the one night but that man that was a that was a, that was a pretty damn good trailer that trailer was a roller coaster ride of emotion <laughs> because we saw the poster on right. the way into the theater true and all that said was so I mean the poster alone took me to like highs and lows <laughs> and, and everywhere in between because so the first thing I see is The Rock's, you know, unmistakable biceps. Right. And I got really excited because <laughs> The Rock in a movie is a really good thing that can happen in Always. a movie. Always, yeah. Um, and then I saw that it was called Hercules, <laughs> and I got both excited and not excited because yeah. Hercules is awesome, mm-hmm. sword and sandal epics are awesome, but Hollywood does them so badly it's true. these days. Like I like I didn't want another Clash of the Titans. Yeah, I know. It's the mythology element that always seems to like make everything turn everything into a nosedive. It's like whenever they have to start introducing like, you know, uh, the source, gods source and material. demons and like yeah, when it's just random humans fighting each other, that it, it seems to be like they can almost keep it on even keel. But as soon as they introduce the supernatural element, everything goes cockeyed. I can figure be it out. Enough to have people in, who are sweating walking on sand and slaughtering each other right. in inventive ways. Um, but then, then, and I know you guys will share this with me, I saw that it was directed by Brett Ratner. Yes. Yeah. And that, that exactly took me true. down low. 17 the, pegs, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, um, but then the trailer happened, and I was right back up, like, at the, <laughs> at the peak, so now I'm just waiting for the for that roller coaster to crest. Yeah. So this trailer did cause some deep existential soul-searching right. on the question of Brett Ratner, because that trailer looks so good. Right. You almost um, can't believe that it's him. Yeah. And I assume he just, like, hired a cinematographer and an effects crew <laughs> uh, that knew how to make images happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just... You know, you hire The Rock and you cast him as Hercules, and then it kind of takes care of itself. True. Um, but I was also thinking about, like, he gets a lot of shit for X3. Oh, yeah. And I... Deservedly. Deservedly so. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. But it's not an uninteresting movie, and it's not uninteresting to me in the, a similar way to the Transformers movie that we saw tonight that is our our major... Uh, 
subject. So I should say, and what, and what a bra- what a transition you've just created. We've only what a segue. For Twenty minutes. <laughs> what a segue, sir. Thank you for that. And I, yeah. I can come back to that connection later because I feel like we need to lay some ground on this movie first before we start diving into strange <laughs> theories. But but just put a bookmark on that because X three I Ratner was working under some conditions there that were like in large part self imposed, but also I. I don't know that he can be totally blamed for how awful that movie yeah, is. Yeah, well, it's not his movie, to be fair. It was supposed to be Matthew Vaughn's movie, and he backed out at the last minute. So he was definitely, like, the sort of 11th hour replacement. And, I mean, that was a script that was already, like... They literally handed him this movie. And I was like, you can shoot a movie. Go shoot this movie. Right. Um, and I, the other thing, that's apparently that script was written in, like, 36 hours or something like that. Like, that was never of guess. That was the line on that script. Was like, they had some brilliant idea, and it all came in, like, a, you know, fit of enlightenment, so to speak. And, uh, and, and it just, they vomited the whole script out, like, whole, like, in one piece in, like, a weekend, basically. Well, which makes sense, and that actually is what gives that film its particular character. I, the the thing I always say about that film, I've heard other people say it too. This is not necessarily an original thought with me, but it's a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> but it is that's also, definitely not original. <laughs> it is also maybe the most faithful adaptation of what it felt like to read X Men comics in, in the nineties. Yeah. That I've ever seen. Because it was just one damn character after another, and nothing made any sense, but they, with gusto, were just charging straight ahead into it. Um, Like, they just, like, weird canted angles, and people screaming histrionically, and weird deaths and violence, and, Mm -hmm. like, I, there was a part of me that almost respected it because of that. Yeah, I've heard that theory, uh, or I've heard that that sentiment espoused before, uh, and I think, yeah, I mean, there's there's cer- there's certainly something to that. You know, he's certainly bringing a a flavor uh, of the X Men experience uh, to screen, and that uh, I think a lot of people were sort of saying a similar thing about uh, the the newest one, um, Days of Future Past, not the '90s perspective, but that in a lot of ways this felt like one of the more uh, truer adaptations of a, of a certain run of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And um, I, well, I, I would agree with that. And I actually think that Singer's <laughs> maybe, maybe learned a little something from Ratner in terms of, I mean, I, opinions may differ around this table now. I didn't think that movie was any good at all either. <laughs> um, but it did have that similarly, weirdly engaging, fascinating quality of being just a machine for plot points. Yeah. But not in terms of like a, a huge arc, or, like, the kind of three-act structure or, or whatever that you can kind of hang your hat on in a normal, right. quote, good Hollywood <laughs> action movie. It was just one thing after another. And just, you know, like, introducing new characters. And then new characters go away. And it did, like, the movie is not interested in anything except whatever damn thing's going to happen next. And I think that that is one of the most damning things... <laughs> That is true of this movie of Transformers. Oh, yeah, there's so many damning things. There's about no this movie. okay. Look, this movie is three hours long. There is no plot or structure to it at all. <laughs> no. um, things things yeah. just happen and then they stop happening and something else starts happening and there's they have no connection. There's there's a whole like I think the whole movie like the experience of the whole movie can almost be summed up in the first like five minutes where we get this prehistoric dinosaurs running across the landscape, alien ships show up, they kill off all the dinosaurs, and 
with no And then it stops. And then it just and then it, it just stops to a plane flying, a plane flying in into the Arctic and now it's the present and what the fuck did we just saw and nobody knows and nobody cares because the movie has has long since forgotten about that. Uh, and moved on to the next thing and then immediately cuts to a farm in Texas, which is also we like we don't even get the chance to like understand what we're seeing before the next thing starts happening. Uh which we also don't understand. Right, exactly. There's characters exist imagine? without any kind of arc or you know, direction. It's like, it's like stream of conscience. It's conscience? Conscience? There's no conscience. <laughs> no, there's no, there's conscience, no conscience in this movie. movie. Yeah. That's Dream one of, of the films that only, only uh, yeah. grace notes. <laughs> there's no, no conscience, conscience whatsoever. <laughs> the art of segue is lost. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Well, now you know what? And I feel like... Daily turned to me. Daily turned to me and said, What the fuck? fuck is going on? Yeah, that whole, I mean, especially in the middle, like, you literally, there's that, there's this long extended sequence in, in Chicago. Which just can't catch a break in these movies. And it goes way. on, and on, and on, <laughs> and like, they're, they're, like, they're get, breaking into a building, they're breaking out of a building, they're, they're flying, flying on a spaceship, on, out of a spaceship, and there's no, there's you don't no motivation for yeah. anything. It's just happening. It's all just unmotivated chase and action and fight sequences that aren't li- actually leading you anywhere until finally somebody sits down and says, okay, so there's this thing. They do a recap every few the minutes. seed. And it's very important. <laughs> and somebody <laughs> very concerned with people's seed. Find <laughs> my seed! <laughs> How many times, like, we can have a drinking game for find my seed. Oh my god. Brothers, find my seed. <laughs> Brothers, find my seed. I was just like, on many levels. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, Alright, Megatron, Galvatron. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, God. If there is a subtext to this movie, though, it is uh, taking responsibility for your seed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is so many levels. That is Wahlberg's whole plot. That is yeah. Wahlberg's whole character is taking care of his seed and making sure that nobody fucks with his seed. So we should, like, I guess, yeah, we should try to introduce the, the beginning of this movie. Maybe. Somehow. Maybe. We should at least say who Mark Wahlberg is. I don't know if this movie knows who Mark Wahlberg is. Mark Wahlberg <laughs> is a guy who's made some good movies and this is not one of them. <laughs> so yeah, Wahlberg's character is an inventor that lives in Texas. And okay, so here's the thing. This is and this is it one is of the very things very bad with money. Yes. But so the, much like I think uh the new amazing Spider-Man um there's there are ideas like buried under piles and of shit. of shit in this movie that are kind of interesting. <laughs> I want to see what's at the bottom of this lake of gravy. Yeah, no, like like the concept of the world existing like ten years after was it ten five, five. years five years five years Kelsey Grammer <laughs> giving us uh, exposition left right and center uh, oh five years God. after this massive alien attack and. Which nobody liked. Uh, and humans are now sort of all, are, are sort of fearful of all robots. And the idea of Wahlberg running, being this inventor, and still wanting to invent robots. Um, and, and like, having this repair shop, and it, it, like, it almost felt like there was a little element of that kind of post-apocalyptic, like, yeah, we got this technology that we don't really, nobody knows how to fix anymore, and... People drop it off at my house, and they pay what they think it's worth, and I salvage shit, Which, and I make way, it into new shit. That and... is a terrible business model. No, well, yeah. But, like, the, it, like the idea of an inventor 
who wants to create robots in a world that is now like Robo- more fearful of robophobic. Robophobic. Is the word you're looking yeah, exactly. For. Like, Holy there's shit, we've come full circle. There's something to that that is like really a fat interesting. ballerina. Yeah, <laughs> we have come full circle. There's something to that that I just found inherently interesting, but the movie doesn't give a shit about that at all. Well, the film, so the the that film makes a real uh, hard distinction between robots per se, yeah. and alien, aka immigrant, right, robots. <laughs> right. Uh, so, like, I, a whole subplot of this movie, of which there are many, <laughs> involves Stanley Tucci, the great Stanley Tucci, being great. Yes. Uh, Inventing American versions of alien robots. Yes. So it's sort of like we'll accept these robots if we made them, if mm-hmm. they're homegrown, if right. they're you know quote full blooded American, um, full oiled American, <laughs> whatever you want to say. I don't Ooh. think they actually use oil. They use that weird green goop that just yeah, like randomly all comes Vulcans. out of their yeah their, their brain when they vomit it. I, <laughs> there was a lot of goop vomiting. Yeah. In this yeah. Movie. <laughs> There's a lot of Nickelodeon gat. Precious alien fluids. <laughs> and seeds. And seeds. And seeds. And seeds. I'm saying there is a subtext here. Like, <laughs> so just trying to grab a handle on this plot. It's I I've never seen a Transformers movie before. So I was coming into this not oh, knowing you. what had happened. I watched the first twenty minutes of the third one, yeah. and I thought it was great. There were <laughs> robot fights. There were dumb jokes. Yeah, there was Michael Bay not giving a shit about anything except what he wants to look at, which mm-hmm. is awesome things happening and really pervy, uncomfortable uh, up leg shots yes. of skinny blonde women, the, which yeah. recurs in this film many times. Many times. It's very. Uh, it's not as blatant as the, the first one. Okay, look that that in the very beginning, that low angle shot directly up Wahlberg's daughter's ass is where he's there. He's complaining about her shorts, and Wahlberg wants and uh, Bay wants us to be aware of just how short her shorts are. So he places the camera approximately six inches below the ground yeah. and then shoots directly up her fucking legs. No, it was like the the first female victim walking into the house and yeah. takes his chainsaw. Yes, exactly right. The camera's at her ankle, but there's not a, like a domineering house behind her. It's We're just looking at her ass. Yeah, yep. and Walt, Mark Wahlberg is out of focus in between her yeah. legs. <laughs> and, and says dialogue about how short her shorts are, just so we're like, there's no... Mis- that, that is one thing about this film, is that, as you said, it is has no conscience. Yeah, and it that's... makes no bones about no. what it is doing. No. Uh, no. I see what she did there. In this film? Oh my god. Victoria's Secret! Okay. When Amazing. He, when he literally <laughs> knocks over a crate of Bud Lights <laughs> and then stops so that he can pick up a Bud Light, open it on the guy's car, and then take a drink and throw it to the ground. Like, fucking... What, why don't we all... Let's all just go It's home. Miller time. <laughs> it was... It was a there was, thing. There was, yeah. I really the, appreciated the, those. The Beast Pill thing? That was ridiculous. That I can't was believe. I, I thought he was gonna give us the price. I thought yeah. he was gonna give us the price tag. What? And that, Do you like music? Increased. The pill, forty nine ninety five. <laughs> Do you like music? <laughs> um, that, that increased though for me the um, the link between Stanley Tucci's. I, I feel like we're getting way ahead of everything. Oh no! Because we haven't explained who anyone is. Or what's happening? Who don't explain this, anything? This podcast can have the same structure as the movie, which is none. Yeah. That's okay. Would you, so, so in the last ten minutes, we can have a tiny. I was that like a tiny racist black caricature? <laughs> okay. So, so that, yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, that, okay. just, that like, one literally explained so the, the, the entire the plot of what was going on. That we didn't one, even know what was going on. The second <laughs> movie that you didn't see 
has more racial oh god stereotype bullshit than freaking episode one. There are okay, so the second Transformers movie you missed you missed when episode missed, one of the Star Wars show? of Star oh. Wars yeah oh okay so so yeah, you remember that. oh yeah remember yeah no with the it had the um there well there was the Jamaican the, guys and yeah. the Asian guys yeah like, yeah no I, I remember vaguely that movie just being about racial right so this so so yeah. the second Transformers movie I, I was like. These auto... They're the black ones. Like, like literally, there are twins terrible. with big ears and gold teeth. And, oh, my God. <laughs> and they speak jive, basically. I think I heard something about it's that when it happened, but I kind of so just didn't believe that. No, it's real. No, it's... Okay. The and struggle it's, is real. There's no way that you can not see it, basically. It's, it's so offensive in so many ways. But from a plot perspective, you missed very little. Like, there's, there's very few connections between this movie and the three that came before it, uh, because they pretty Shia much... LaBeouf yeah, like, they dropped it. Every Boof. character did, out of it. So did she? Does Shia LaBeouf die in the third no, movie? No, oh, no. Everybody no, lives. He just died That's in unfortunate. Real life. In fact, the fact that they killed T.J. Miller early in this movie was a little shocking to me because they very rarely kill main characters in these movies. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Although that was awesome. Yeah. Oh, this this podcast is uh, full of spoilers. Okay. We're just assuming is, they've seen the yes, movie exactly. or this is they a, don't give a shit. Exactly. That's okay. exactly. Well, they're right. not going to listen either way. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right. Unless, well, unless we're assuming one of, that unless one of those can be. Yeah. yeah. The, no, the fact that they killed DJ Miller was actually very. It kind of shocked me a little bit because we literally, I've literally never seen everybody survives these. There's a grotesque death. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, and they the on the it. Yeah. Yeah. They and I like they lingered on so long. I kept waiting for like one of the robots to come by and like step on his when, metal skeleton yeah, or when, like knock it over. Or when something. the Lamborghini guy, yeah. whose name escapes me. The, the Lamborghini? The the, 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 the the robot bounty hunter the there. Boba uh, Fett. When Boba Fett came and turned into a Lamborghini and parked next to his corpse yeah. for no reason. His name's like Dropkick or... No, oh, uh, the, the robot. Okay, so there's a robot, the lips, robot the bounty yeah. hunter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the robot bounty hunter. Not yeah. a bounty hunter of robots. I mean, robot. he is a bounty, bounty hunter of robots. He is both a robot who is a bounty hunter and a bounty hunter of robots. He's a robot bounty hunter of robots. Yeah, so... so why did that? Why well, did that chase scene end? By the way, nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> like, Apparently, the cars just like, disappeared. Nothing happened that uh, that they should have been able to escape. Then, yeah, it was just like. Mm. Next well, they time. got into no. There's some magical property of being an Optimus Prime in this film <laughs> that makes you able to escape. Makes missiles just miss you, yep. even if you're only driving twenty in a miles straight an hour line, in, in a, a straight, straight line. line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, there's something about. Also, uh, I don't know if this is explained in previous films, but Optimus it's Prime, not. Whatever you're about to say, it's not. There were two scenes: Optimus Prime and Yellow Bumble Bumblebee. Uh, Bumblebee. 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 Yeah. Oh yeah, um, they can scan they steal, things. Okay, they can scan like they things and replicate them. Stole yeah. paint, but they didn't replicate. No, they just like stole the ability to have a paint job from yes. a passing vehicle. Yes, so that's that's uh, what we. That's something that is kind of described in the in the first the one. very first one. Bumblebee yeah. starts as like a, a, a as really a jalopy, basically, like a really beat up old Camaro. Okay. And, and what's your Megan Fox? Megan Fox says, "If they're so advanced, why is this piece of crap Camaro?" And he stops abruptly and scans a passing new Camaro, and and then transforms into himself. It. Yes, yeah. But he transforms into the passing Camaro. He, oh, he, he, he scans just, he's, it and he, like copies its shape. Yeah, okay. exactly. Okay, and they can be which paint, is also paint, the, yeah. That's the, okay. The, the well, well that, that was the thing is that like I in this film, Optimus Prime scans a passing truck that is just totally white. White, yes. 
But then all of a sudden gives himself a flame paint job? Yes. The I was flame, like, there's no information the, that he got from that truck <laughs> that turned into flames. No, exactly. And that's actually a big problem no, I have. And I literally wrote down flame still dumb. Okay, the model. Yeah, because, the first, so dumb. because in the first three, he has flames. Because and everyone was so mad. Yeah, because, but, but in the first one, he literally scans a truck with flames. And that's why he has flames for the rest of these movies. Except now, he doesn't need to have the flames anymore. No. Except he also he should not have the flames because they draw quite a lot of attention. Exactly. And you're right. He literally, he scans a white truck but still gives himself flames. I, like, he just likes I it mean, I mean, I'm into the flames kind of because <laughs> I, the, one of the other uh, subtexts in this film that oh, I should okay. pick up on <laughs> right. is the, the tendency, so, so this is not in any way a political film. No. This is one of those Hollywood films that is sort of strategically apolitical mm-hmm. that, that, uses sort of political footballs like they mention bioethics yes. and they mention, you know, corporate espionage and they mention the CIA <laughs> and drones and yeah. so these are and all there's sort an of element like, of like the CIA is doing stuff and the White House doesn't know. Yeah, so yeah. They, it uses them flippantly these... and just stupidly. Yeah. But but they use it to give you the sense that like this is this is attached to your you know, th- this is resonant with the real world. This right. is resonant with issues that are happening. Right. Reporting the the that Optimus was in the in the barn was what did he say? It was the patriotic thing to do? Yeah, yeah. Like, really? Yeah, it's the American thing to do. The film kind of does the same thing, but with uh, emblems of Americana. Yeah. So they, they have the flames on the side of the truck because that's, uh, you know, that's what you're the target audience for this film, where this film's really going to make its bread and butter. Absolutely. It's from dudes who want flames on, on the, side the side of their, of their truck. Yeah. It's dudes who are going to think it's cool that the boyfriend who shows up is a rally car driver. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's that same kind of thing. Who also I just got picked up by Red Bull. Yeah, as another yeah, product, right? product, as, he, as he slams a Red Bull on the counter. Guy. I also really Why love is he carrying them around. I also really love about that guy that he is dating a seventeen-year-old, and so he keeps a copy of Texas Penal Code in his wallet. Yeah. So that if somebody asks him any questions, he can literally pull out the letter of the law. And that's a legitimately it's, great bit. Yeah, oh yeah. Directly from Michael Bay being a horrible, <laughs> yeah. horrible person. That's the kind of personal touch that you look for in an auteur. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there was... Uh, Jason, I don't know how familiar you are with... Uh, were you like a Transformers fan growing up? I, Did you watch I cartoons also was not a Transformers fan like as a kid. I didn't dislike them. Yeah. I had... A Transformer? I couldn't tell you what its name was. Sure. That was the only Transformers toy I had. Well, there were, like, there were quite a lot of them. Well, yeah, because the thing about the Transformers is that it literally, like, we kind of, like, our childhood memory of it is probably a little skewed, but that was a cartoon that was meant to sell toys, not a cartoon that spawned toys. Right. Like, oh, well, they, there were toys. Were. Yeah. There yeah. were toys, and then they made a cartoon so that they could yeah. sell the toys. Well, so the Masters like, of the Universe was patterned after a toy. Right. Like, exactly. Like, that's just kind of how that shit works. Exactly. I, we were too young at the time to understand yeah. that that was what was going on. And we didn't care because right. Transformers were awesome. So there was a Transformers cartoon movie back in the 80s. Oh, yeah. That I've seen. Okay. I've seen that more than once, I think mainly because, A, I had friends who were obsessed with the soundtrack. Oh, yeah, it's got Weird um, Al on it. Great, well, it has Weird Al, but it also it's, just it's has, all like, power ballads. The whole, oh, oh, yeah. Metal power the touch. Yeah. It's and that's, the best. That's yeah. the great, like, yeah. this is all coming full circle, because Transformers the movie features the song The Touch by Stan Bush, which yeah. Mark Wahlberg sings in Boogie Nights. Yes. And now he is in a Transformers movie. So it's all come back around in on itself. Reality is folding back in upon itself at this point. So can point. we talk about Mark Wahlberg for a moment? Oh, please, let's. Um, I feel, so I, again, I don't know how much we need to contextualize this, but 
He is an inventor. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Wahlberg doesn't do too well in roles where he has to be both smart and, and badass. verbal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's can, true. He can do smart and non-verbal, or mm-hmm. smart and street-verbal. Like, I'm thinking about The Departed. Yeah. yeah. I, he's absolutely, mm-hmm. bar none, yeah. the best part of that movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. With his crazy fucking hair, <laughs> and his just, like, spewing obscenities and Baldwin's Baldwin. Pretty, Baldwin's pretty good. Baldwin's good, too. Yeah. And so, I mean, Nicholson, I, I enjoy watching Nicholson. Yeah. Just, like, even Scorsese can't control Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's just one scene where he just wanders out of the back of the bar covered in blood, blood for yeah. no apparent reason. <laughs> yep. Or when he's walking away from Leonardo DiCaprio and he, like, sticks his head back in the frame and takes a drag of a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, clearly no one told him to do these things. <laughs> Um, but, you know, Wahlberg, by far, the best thing in that movie, yeah. to me. But he's... so, And that character's very smart, but he Feds like keeps mushrooms. it inside. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. he's just obscene. Yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, every other good Wahlberg role, I'm thinking of Boogie Nights, which I like. I don't have the same affection for that movie that a lot of people do, yeah. but he's clearly good at it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, or uh, my, my maybe new favorite Mark Wahlberg performance, which is also by Transformers auteur Michael Bay. Pain and Gain. Pain and amazing. I was going to ask it's, you to watch uh, it. That's an incredible movie. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. That also did inform my watching of this movie because... You watch that movie and you know that Michael Bay is nowhere near as stupid as everybody says he is. Yes. Yep. That he understands everything everybody says about his movies. Yep. And that he's doing it all because he likes it. Yeah. And that actually makes me like him more. I love Pain and Gain so fucking much in while like it it literally it made me remember why I liked Michael Bay. And the more I thought about it, uh, and it, it, it was one of the things that actually made me almost excited about this movie because the idea that it, maybe he found something in Wahlberg and that's why Wahlberg and the two of them were yeah. going to click the what kind of the way that he does that Wahlberg does with like David O. Russell or he did right, with right, David O. Russell yeah. that like maybe they were going to because he, you're right Wahlberg is so fucking good in Pain and Gain um, and I have an elaborate theory that Pain and Gain is that Mark Wahlberg's character is actually uh, Michael Bay. That, that that movie is actually Michael Bay making a movie about himself, about a guy who is concerned only with everything looking and sounding totally fucking awesome. But the key to why Mark Wahlberg is good in that movie, to me, and why he's good in something like Boogie Nights, is yeah. that those characters are dumb as shit. Yes! Mm-hmm. They are, he's, so in Pain and Gain especially, he's great because he's an idiot, yeah. and he's a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> And those two are those are two things that Mark Wahlberg can do in tandem yeah. brilliantly. Oh yeah. When he needs to be when he needs to be verbal and they intelligent, or if he needs to like give off the sense that he's a decent human being in any regard, mm-hmm. fails yeah, utterly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but I, I was kind of transfixed by this uh, this callback to the original to, to the cartoon movie. Um, Featuring Orson Welles as Optimus Prime. Orson Welles' last performance. The other reason why I've seen it. Uh, he's not Optimus he's Prime. Unicron. He plays Unicron. Oh, the, Unicron. The sorry, planet sorry. eating. Unicron. The, the planet eating. Planet-sized Transformer. Who plays uh, Optimus? So Optimus Prime is the same voice as the movies. It's Peter Cullen Peter who Cullen. did the voice in the cartoon, and he also does oh, the voice of Optimus Prime in the too? movie. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, but in the movie, the Optimus... voice of our childhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I remember that being a really big, like, that was a victory good, that when was they were making this movie. Yeah, yeah, that they were like, oh, they're going to hire somebody else who sucks, and like... Sort of like if they'd gotten Kevin Conroy or Adam West to dub over Christian Bale. Exactly, yeah. Then, like, people would have been just... Or, uh, I remember there was a lot of 
excitement for like let's get Mark Hamill to be the Joker because his Joker right, is right, so right, good, yeah. right? That would have um, been awesome, by the way. So I remember people being really excited, like, oh, this Transformer, these Transformers movies are going to be legit because they got Peter Cullen to be Optimus Prime. Um, nope. and all the people who gave a sh- who knew who he was and gave a shit about his presence in this movie were all the people who were disappointed by these movies, obviously. Okay. Okay. Um, but. Uh, so, he, but in the movie, Optimus Prime actually dies in the first, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, no, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and then he gets replaced by Hot Rod, who becomes Rodimus Prime, and that is Judd Nelson. <laughs> yep. Yes. Yep. I forgot that Rodimus Prime is a thing. Rodimus Prime was a thing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the flames painted on the... Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, so, that's where Galvatron comes from, though, is that uh, when Optimus Prime dies... He dies in combat with Megatron, and Megatron is, like, mortally yeah, wounded yeah. and flies off, and Unicron, like, revives him and reforges him as Galvatron. Right! Yeah. And, oh, I yeah. knew I knew that name. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen this movie in probably I, 15 years. Oh, it's so good. Or more. So, I, but I was, it was blowing my mind a little that they actually went to Galvatron, that they actually brought back the idea of Galvatron, because I had been thinking earlier in the movie, it's like, okay, so they keep showing this bad guy Transformer whose face turns into a See, gun. I thought that... Yeah, no, I know, which is what... So, like, I guess Megatron, Megatron is just he's, he's gun. To, I mean, historically, Megatron transforms into a gun. Galvatron right. transforms into, basically, a mortar. Yeah. Um, but I thought they were going to use... I was kind of hoping, secretly, they would use Galvatron in the last movie because right. they had Leonard Nimoy there. Right. Who was the voice of Galvatron in the uh, movie. Right, okay. he did the voice of... Uh, of the Optimus, Optimus Sentinel whatever. Prime. Sentinel, Sentinel Prime. Sentinel Prime. Yeah, whatever. What uh, that was unfortunate on every level. So um, I'm holding back the urge to just make fun of you guys for actually knowing all of this stuff. Yeah, I know. It would just, it would be a lie <laughs> on my part because I don't know any, I don't know dick about Transformers, but there are other things I could nerd. With. Like if we were doing this yeah. on X-Men, I could nerd all the way out. Yeah, so no, it's fine. I don't want to, you know. Well, I just made an amazing. I don't want to dis- take advantage. No, so, so, so I just made an amazing discovery via the IMDb right now. Um, because I was thinking to myself, okay, so they brought back this idea of Galvatron, and so I was thinking to myself, yeah, I kept meaning to look up who was it that played, that did the voice of Galvatron uh, in this movie? Not because that he talks very much. No, he only has like three or four lines of dialogue. And they are all basically. about the seed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Brothers, find my seed. But uh, because it clearly wasn't uh, uh, Hugo Weaving who does who did Megatron in all the other movies. Yeah. Uh, so I so I looked it up just now on IMDb. Uh, the man who does the voice of Galvatron is named Frank Welker. Oh, Frank Wait Welker. Yeah, you know what else Frank Welker did? Every gar- cartoon from the 60s. Yeah, like... He was the voice of Ray in the real Ghostbusters. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and he was also uh, Scooby-Doo, whatever the, yep. the, the preppy kid's name was. Oh, uh... uh Freddy? Freddy, yeah. Yeah, he's Freddy. Uh, he was, yeah, he's an old-time voice actor. Yeah, he's been, I mean, he's done a, yeah, he did a million voices. He was in, oh god, what, he was in Aladdin, too. What did he, what Aladdin? He in Aladdin, yeah. Well, uh, you know he wasn't the parrot. <laughs> Abu, he was the voice of he the, was fucking, the fucking monkey, monkey in, in Aladdin, apparently. You gotta love Frank Welker. Yeah, he's wow. been around forever and ever, so. Um, but yes, but I love, so I, but I love the idea that, okay, so they brought back Gal, they've reforged Megatron as Galvatron, so doesn't that kind of make Stanley Tucci the Unicron of this movie, I feel like? Uh, I was really nervous throughout it because in the last three movies, the last three movies have John Turturro, who's there, like, solely for comic relief. Mm-hmm. Like, I shit you not, John Turturro is given the line, I am standing directly beneath the alien scrotum. 
Yep. <laughs> in one of the movies. And he's literally standing under a giant transformer who transforms from like a wrecking ball crane, and so he has giant, giant wrecking balls ball that are swinging testicles to and fro above his head. Uh, while standing on an Egyptian pyramid. These are all things that happened in these movies. That's yeah. ha- see, that sounds great to me. <laughs> but I like It's I, not great. Well, I, you know what I think the problem is? Is that he's in... He, he shows up three times. So his shit wears really thin after a while. Yeah. And I kept waiting for, for Tucci to, like, put, turn into Totoro. But he doesn't. He's just fucking great through the whole thing. Yeah. No, no, no. He, I mean, he's given... Terrible lines, but yeah, he's no, but Stanley Tucci. He can't be not be great. <laughs> uh, well, I wrote a number of things down, but one of the things that I wrote down is just in all caps: algorithms, math. <laughs> because there's this great scene where Stanley Tucci, who plays, we should say for whoever like the doesn't Steve know, Jobs, he turned face Steve yeah. Jobs. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Jobs. That's what I say. He like they they were like walking this weird line because he shows up in a suit and he looks like every other '80s you know corporate villain. Right. But then there are all these pictures of him in, in, in turtle a black turtleneck holding like a ball. He, yeah, and then he holds out the Beats pill, which yep. is clearly like an Apple-aligned yeah. product. product was, yeah. You know. But yeah, so he's essentially weird, evil Steve Jobs. Uh-huh. But and then he's not evil anymore. This is the thing. Like, he's, he's presented as he, evil Steve Jobs. He almost he, has a redemption. Yeah, arc. he grows a conscience yeah. halfway through the movie. And when, when Mark Wahlberg magically gets his phone number and yes. calls him. <laughs> and then, like, I know you, I know you're a good man because you're an inventor <laughs> like me. I was like, you know, people have invented some pretty shitty stuff over yeah. the years. Right? Well, but that brings me back to the whole, like, vaguely political fake subtext of yeah. the movie. So it, it is like, it's not a political film. No. But in its sort of strategic apoliticalness and its attempt to pitch rate to middle American 18 to 34 year olds, like prime demographic mm-hmm. for movies. Males. It is, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. It It is sort of default conservative. Oh, I mean, sure. like, guys, it, all, almost all action movies are default conservative unless they're really... Like, well, out they, there, violent Marxists. They, yeah. they, they did set it in Texas, and by the way, Mark, Mark Wahlberg is not, not Texan. Yeah, but at least nah, he, didn't attempt, even, he didn't even attempt the accent, which is great. But God, the whole do thing... Do you think that would have made it worse, seriously? <laughs> the whole thing had this weird, like, not quite Tea Party, but not quite neoliberal, like, somewhere yeah. in the middle vibe of... Like, lionizing the mythical American inventor who makes shit in his barn. Yeah. And Group then Goldberg. linking that to, to Stanley Tucci's character. And, uh, you know, it, it plays that that same old bad apple bullshit right. that every movie that has the government as villains does. Mm-hmm. Where they make it the fault of, of a couple of villainous people in government as opposed right. to, like, a systemic problem. You know, yep. the, you can see this film as, uh, and people have talked about this film as, like, an attack on government because it's... Like this evil CIA program that's using drones and it's tracking down the good guys in the name of mm-hmm. tracking down the terrorists, but ultimately it reinforces like a positive spin on government. Yeah, because it's want... just because it's some evil people in government, <laughs> not like the system working that way. And I think it's really interesting because you talk about so you you just mentioned the the idea of yeah like lionizing the American inventor in his yeah. barn creating stuff, except that. Really, he's not like he's trying to invent thing like this fucking robot that paints a fence or whatever. But his whole like, thrust of this movie, like, what sets his whole thing in motion is, like, oh, I found this thing and it's a transformer, and maybe I can take some of the technology out of it and turn it into my own shit. <laughs> so really, we're not actually lionizing the American inventor who creates things in his bar so much as we're lionizing intellectual property theft. Well, yeah. I wonder if that's actually, like, a 
a, a conscious reference to Thomas Edison. Yeah. Like stealing from Marconi. Uh, well, not stealing from Marconi, stealing from um, Tesla. Marconi uh-huh. also stole from Tesla. Right. But yeah. But <laughs> so. I mean, and Tucci's no better. Like, Tucci, oh, yeah. they, literally, we designed, there's a whole montage of like talking heads on a video wall just like, God, how much exposition is there in this movie that it's just people talking on video walls while people happen to be standing in that room? Well, that's because <laughs> the movie doesn't inform you any other way. Yeah, but like people are looking, well, that old Bumblebee, he was terrible, so we turned it into something more awesome. Like, he's literally just taking this... We're gonna. We're not going to invent our own robots. We're just going to take those robots and make them make them betterer. I mean, it's like Jobs and Wozniak. Yeah, like yeah. Wozniak actually invents the technology for Apple, and then Steve Jobs makes it look pretty and white. Exactly. Um, oh God, my warrant is my face. <laughs> <laughs> my face is my. Warrant. There are so many lines of dialogue that I feel like we laughed at. And, no one and else nobody did. else did. No, yeah. no, everybody else was laughing at the actual, like, well, quote, <laughs> actual joke. The actual humor of the movie, yeah. I liked when, what was his name? Shane Dyson? Shane Dyson. Drove into that guy's face. Yes. The guy who gets hit in the face with a car tire. <laughs> yeah. That might be the, like, action peak of the film. And yeah, we all went, fantastic. oh! <laughs> and no one did anything. Yeah. It was fantastic. Like, that's what I... So, so this movie is weird because I, I did, like I said, I saw the beginning of the third movie. And that was really exciting because there was, like, a robot fight within the first five minutes. Yeah. And then John Malkovich shows up. Yep. And then Francis McDormand. Like, I, all of this stuff was like, what? I'll, I'll watch this whole movie, which I still have yet to do, but I will at some point. Mm-hmm. I have to say, well, I'm, speaking of on, on that point, I'm always kind of amazed at the cast they managed to assemble for this shitty yeah. movie. You know why? Getting paid. Yeah, exactly. This movie has already made 300 million worldwide. It yeah. is already the highest opening movie of the year by far. Uh, and the... And okay, and this is the other thing. I don't want to get too off track because you were in the middle of something. Yeah, but, I'm sorry. But no, the, no, no. But the idea it's your that, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is that it isn't really nobody's podcast. Uh, but the idea that uh, so I just invented this podcast in my bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's made. Uh, it made a hundred million dollar opening domestic. It made two hundred million international, and like another hundred million of that, or ninety or hundred million of that, is in China. Yeah, we Which said is, it in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. People because, want to see that. Exactly. But, and the, that was like one of the most blatant things where it's like halfway through the movie, it's like, you know what? We're going to move the rest of this movie to Hong Kong because that's where the money is. That's where half this movie is funded can, from can and that's where the about, audience is now. Can we talk about badass guy in elevator for no reason? <laughs> <laughs> Not like... It's like, I'm actually just Well, he's Chan. Asian, so he knows Kung Fu, right? Well, Isn't that yeah, how it works? And he just like walks away. <laughs> yeah. He just walks away. Well, this all, it, like it's part and parcel with the, like, blatant racial stereotypes and the, like... <laughs> There's a yeah. samurai Transformer in this yeah. movie. Who's, <laughs> he calls Optimus Prime Sensei. Sensei. What the fuck? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so this a, is all... He's an Italian car. <laughs> he's a Bugatti. Oh, no, German, German. German. He's a Bugatti. Well, yeah, they're not really Wait, Italian. German? So is it, like, an Axis reference? <laughs> 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 Well, yeah, they're owned by Vito. He's a secret Nazi samurai. <laughs> yeah, no, so, but but all of this, well, like, actually, the, how blatant the product placement is, how blatant the move to China is. Yeah. Like, this is Michael Bay deconstructing. <laughs> it's on it's, screen, the construction of a mega-hit blockbuster. It's yeah. a marketing machine. Oh! oh I see what you did on that. The criticism that he doesn't know what he's doing or that or that he just like makes shitty movies and doesn't realize it, yeah, totally rings hollow. Like see something like Pain and Game and the fact that Pain and Game is like a year old. I mean yeah. it, you could have made the argument that like, oh, he used to be really on the ball and now he's just slipped. It's like, no no no. 
you can't watch Pain and Gain and not and think that he doesn't know what's going on. Like, oh, yeah. He's you're, still in total control. You're not wrong, Donnie. Yeah. You're just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here's the one thing that really bugged me. And this, I'm, like, this part just, I can't wrap my head around it. And people who don't see this movie in, in IMAX are not going to have this experience. But the constantly shifting aspect ratio yeah. of the movie is so distracting. So when this started, like, when people started to, like, shoot these blockbusters in IMAX, Dark Knight was the first one to really do this where Nolan shot, st he could shoot stuff on IMAX, but he couldn't shoot the whole movie on IMAX because right. the fucking rigs were so large. So, like, any time there's either, like, a big action sequence or uh, most of, anytime there's, like, uh, like an establishing shot um, where it's, like, a big skyline or whatever, they would shoot that stuff in IMAX. So you would get, like, big sequences in IMAX, and then it would switch back to widescreen, and then you'd have widescreen for, like, a half an hour, and then it would cut back, and you'd have, like, 15 minutes of, of IMAX. And you, you would, like, it would be just, like, a momentary, like, oh, it got really big all of a sudden, and then you're, you'd be fine, and you would stop paying attention to it. Here, it's literally shifting back and forth, like... From reverse dialogue shots, yeah. it's like yeah. there's a IMAX shot of this real estate woman, and then it cuts back and Wahlberg's in widescreen, and then the next shot is also in widescreen, but the fourth shot is back to IMAX, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. I don't. It's like he just picked up whatever camera was closest to him well, and shot with that one. I think that's exactly what he did. I actually thought <laughs> a it was really funny, uh, but b it is it does speak to so so. Like, he doesn't care at all mm -hmm. about human beings. And he doesn't <laughs> care at all about plots making any goddamn sense. Sure. And so he just spends no time on that whatsoever. He cares about lens flares. He cares about people kissing in front of suns. Yep. He cares oh, about, God. like, shimmering light coming down around <laughs> Kelsey Grammer's body. <laughs> and then Kelsey Grammer's face just suddenly showing up in a window of a and slamming on it. And he cares about, you know, the tire hitting that guy in the face. Yeah. Or bodies flying through the... This is the best oh bodies flying through the air movie I've ever seen. That's a, that's a big thing. Yeah, that happens throughout through these movies where they'll be riding in the car of the Transformer and the Transformer will suddenly have to transform into a robot so they will just get ejected and fly off and, and the robot will have to like catch spin them. around and catch them all. Yeah, that's yeah. a yeah. common occurrence like, in these movies. Again, that's another like Michael Bay construction where he spent the whole movie just shooting what it was he wanted to look at. Yeah. And then... People came, I think, like, the studio came in, they're like, um, there's no story, you have two different villains, and you haven't determined which one of them are even going to do anything, and there's no stakes. Yeah. So then he just, he was like, well, fuck it, I'll have the little black Sambo <laughs> just spew out <laughs> the, yeah, right, it's grotesque, yes. and he would just, like, spew out the entire, he would explain the plot. And it wasn't even like there was a mystery to the plot. No. He was just telling us all the shit that we'd never seen. <laughs> yeah. He was just explaining the plot of the movie that never happened. That was yeah. about to happen. It's like there was another movie happening off screen somewhere, right. and he's like, oh, welcome to this other movie that yeah. you've wandered into. Well, it's like when I leaned over to you during that first chase scene <laughs> yeah. with the with the rally car driver. Yep. He clearly just wanted to shoot that chase scene, but the plot called for there to be a robot fight. <laughs> and it's like all of a sudden there's a robot fight in the background. It's like, yeah. Why aren't we watching that robot fight? Yeah. <laughs> and like, just like, Robots just punch each other and then he drives on. It's like, oh, okay. Did you, okay, you know Gungam style. Yeah. Did you ever see it without the music? There's a, there's yes. a, vis right? And I felt like that's what this whole movie was. So like, it was like a music video without any music. And it was just like, here's a, like a shot of a 50 foot, uh, well, it was really just her ass, but it's just like, it's like super slow mo in the sun. 
like flag waving, like flag, yeah, it's just like robot God, climbing. It's like this yeah. is not VH1. Where yeah. like I was, I half expected Andy Dick to like pop in from the side and tell the E True Hollywood story of why this movie's stupid. There's that one song with lyrics that like keeps popping in in like dramatic yeah. moments, or oh it's God. like like and, and, and you, it's hard not to feel like you're watching a music video at that, that point. Another note I wrote down, I think, was uh, here. Let me see. It's like they really want uh, the guys to like the song. Soulful music and sunsets. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. Now, like there's like four or five different points in this movie where all of a sudden it's just crooning. <laughs> it's totally out of place. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, nothing, nothing to do with what's happening in front of your face at all. I turned to you towards the end, Jason. I said, you know, I would pay a thousand dollars to just have watch footage of John Goodman in a recording booth having to say all of his dialogue out loud into a microphone, like. I'm like a fat ballerina. It's <laughs> amazing. Well, that is a couple other good ones. Yeah, <laughs> tanks empty, buddy. <laughs> yeah, like what? So this leads. I'm a terrible pilot. Let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so this leads us perfectly into our recurring bit that yes. we do, uh, our recurring segment uh, called we call it Heart of the Ghostbusters, um, and it's uh, who is the heart of the Ghostbusters of this movie, and we define Heart of the Ghostbusters as. Who is the the character in this movie that you wanna you wanna hang out with, you wanna have a drink with, you wanna just like chill and listen to stories and just sort of get down with? They don't have to necessarily be your favorite character, but just sort of the one that kind of like I want I want to spend some time with that the guy. one you have a beer with. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's your, it's, your okay. beer, it's your beer buddy. It's not the emotional center. Yeah. It's nothing legit in any way. For me, it's that might John be Goodman. more legit actually. Than- <laughs> Yeah, it's very rare. Center in a we film. very rarely pick the protagonist. It's no, usually we, we some very have. odd side we, character. We, yeah. we never. Ha- I don't think yeah. you or I either has. Jamie did a couple yeah. times. Yeah, well, yeah, the Jamie protagonists are almost all, and like there is no protagonist yeah. in this movie. Yeah, there's yeah, <laughs> there's no clear. There's no villain. There's no protagonist. There's just characters. Yeah, because uh, for me, the heart of the Ghostbusters is, I think, definitely John Goodman's robot. Like. He, he, why does he have a cigar? Why does a robot need a cigar? I, I know a cigar that, that is also a shell, also a bullet. Yeah, it's a shell casing. <laughs> he has a beard. Why do robots have beards? Well, this why does that other robot have a trench coat? Uh, I don't like why, do, why, why do any of these robots have any kind of anthropomorphized anything? I feel like you can, yeah, you the don't want to start the lipstick thing <laughs> No, uh, but I know John Goodman. John Goodman's robot is endlessly fascinating to me. Um, Hound. Hound. Was that his name? Hound. I don't Hound. know the names of any so of the fucking Hound, robots. Hound, no, Hound is he was the he was a he was an army jeep. Oh in the yeah. One. Um, and they replaced him later with like, like Cup. Oh okay. The guy Cup. Yeah, Remember Cup? Cup. Cup. Yeah. You know that, that's, a, that's another running problem with these move with these Transformers movies is that as opposed to the cartoons where there the cartoon was there to sell you toys, so you had to very each robot had to be very distinct. Yeah. And very clear, so that you knew which Transformer you liked, so you know which toy you had to go buy. Tell your parents to go buy. Exactly. Yeah. In this, in these movies, the robot, all the Transformers are interchangeable. You can't tell any of them a fucking part, and even if you can tell them a part, you don't know what any of their names are. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They just sort of appear. Do and you know? Appear. Do you know that? Like, Ken Watanabe's Transformer is like there all through the first like twenty minutes, and then is gone for an hour. Yeah. And then shows up again. <laughs> he showed up again at the end, and I forgot he was in the movie. I forgot his character existed My, at all. What I what the hell was was Galvatron doing for the entire? I was gonna. He was looking for his seat. I was gonna call it. <laughs> an act, and then he's just like on the side of the mountain later, and is like, "We'll meet again. I am reborn." He was setting from my seed. It was. I mean, that that was the other thing too. Is that like, there's tons of plots in this movie. There's also like 
three different villains. Yeah, yeah, and possible. Well, here's a question: Four, is, if you is, count Stanley Tucci, is the next is reverse. the next movie going to be something about Galvatron, or is it or is it going to be Optimus Prime flying through space in a slasher movie? Yeah, to <laughs> be <Like>, his creator. <laughs> to be yeah. his creators, this is Prometheus. We're yes. Transformers Prometheus. Like, I think. Yeah, no, that actually was the same end, wasn't it? Yeah, but no. So he's flying off of what is it he says at the end? Like I'm some things are not meant for us to know. But where we're from and why we're here is not, not a, one of them. What else is there to know? <laughs> that, like, both of those things together, that Venn diagrams most of existence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, so, no, I mean, John Goodman, I think, is clearly the best one. Yeah. You could make an You could argument. pick a human if you want to. Uh, I mean, I assume no. you want to go Stanley None Tucci. of the humans are, no, I, I don't want to have a beer with Stanley <laughs> Tucci. I just want to watch him scream at people. Yes. <laughs> um, Algorithms! Uh, you could make I could see so I could see a technical argument for T.J. Miller but he was yeah. annoying the shit out of me and yeah. I was kind of glad when he died yeah me too um, so I don't want to have a beer with him uh, ever uh, <laughs> T.J. take that yeah uh, and I like T.J. Miller and yeah I was I, happy to see him go I will say though I'll, I'll put a sort of a half like devil's advocate vote towards mm-hmm. the one thing that we haven't actually talked about yet at all which yeah. I think is very important uh, which I'll say one of the quote, legendary Transformers Grimlock. who are seven times as tall as a regular Transformer and they turn into dinosaurs. Yeah, we that Optimus Prime then rise. How did we not get to talking, talking about, about the dinosaur robots, robots the whole time? Yeah. Because Dinobots. that was all I was waiting for for the whole movie and then Optimus Prime rode a dinosaur which I hadn't seen. With a sword. After the movie, I saw the stand-up in oh, the yeah, lobby yeah. that had that on it but I had not seen that before the movie so that was a surprise to me. That <laughs> <laughs> he's just riding a flame-breathing T-Rex dinosaur with a sword yeah. calling himself a knight. <laughs> uh, that to me was worth the whole movie and then at the end they're just like go dinosaur robot yes they just let them talk in the woods they're, they're like roaming around in the woods like the chupacabra yeah, just, like, they're just out pandas. there like, I mean do we even want to call them the dinobots no I want because the dinobots talked like in the cartoon they they were they talked a little bit in this one when they were defending the bridge they were no. like no, no, that no, wasn't them. No, that, that was that was trench coat. Yeah, that oh, was trench coat guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Grimlock. No, said that. no, none of the because they even when they're in like human like robot standing up robot form, they still only growl. Yeah, and, they were just like noises. Rah, rah, rah. it felt like there was some kind of mythology in that ship that like that lockdown kept talking about, but I didn't quite get it. Where it was like. Oh, you are part of an order of knights, and oh, yeah. I have they don't captured all, all the rest of your people. And you're like, wait, what the fuck are you talking about right and then now? And he just walks in We're and says in another language, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, legend <laughs> is real. <laughs> you have not told us a legend. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and again, like that's one of those things that I think is really, it's like clearly them trying to set up this new trilogy of films oh. or whatever, is that the backstory of Transformers was always... They were the Transformers, they all live on this planet called Cybertron, and there were Autobots, and there were Decepticons, and they, they had a civil war, and the Decepticons won, so the Autobots fled. And so, presumably, there is a planet of Decepticons off somewhere, and these are just, like, the one band of Autobots that still survived. But now it's like, no, now there's like, fuck all of that. Now we want to talk about who were their fucking robotic progenitors. Who yeah. are the people that created them? We all worked for somebody. Yeah, exactly, like... I you see a shot at the very beginning when it's dinosaurs roaming the earth of like a pink skinned like flesh 
hand, yeah. like, reach out yeah. and drop the seed bomb, which turns everything metallic. Oh, I didn't see that at all. Yeah, yeah. no, it's like, in the first, like, couple of minutes. So it's like, clearly there are some sort of organic aliens that have invented all of these robots. It is interesting, though, that you brought up um, Prometheus, because it is, it's the same structure as Prometheus, where they start on prehistoric Earth, yeah. and then aliens drop some kind of weird technology that does a thing, mm-hmm. and then humans go on to an alien ship and it has to do with the creation of humans and the creation of the aliens and it's all tied up together. Yeah. And there were even some shots in the middle when they're wandering through the alien ship where I was like, this is very Ridley Scott. <laughs> like, yeah. Michael Bay yeah. is doing a thing mm-hmm. here. So again, this is, I'm wondering how, just how much he's sitting around being like, ah, I'm going to put in all these jokes for myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> who gives a shit? Well, yep. it ended up about as effective as Prometheus. Yeah. Now, see, that's we could we should we could have an argument about that. I liked Prometheus. <laughs> I like. I think Prometheus is a beautiful fucking film with a script that makes no goddamn sense. I like, didn't... I think Scott fucking yeah. knocks it out of the park, and I think everybody in it is pretty good. I think that every word that comes out of everybody's mouth is garbage. I yeah, I mean, that, I, I can't argue <laughs> like with that. Characters yeah. do things motivated by nothing. Like I, yeah. they. The fly in the face of their own expertise in that movie is like I'm the guy with the map robots, but I'm going to spend the next the movie lost. getting lost through the tunnels, and I'm the biologist who's here to here to study alien creatures and knows all about different organic things. And when I see a little alien, I'm going to start poking it, and start <laughs> see what happens. Like, yeah, fuck, you know, what? I I totally accept that. Like everybody was acting like a crazy person, yeah. but I also it's not part interesting. Of the conceit of that film is that. Future space travel is funded by fundamentalist religious crazies, yes. and so that kind of excused a lot. From it. <laughs> uh, well, Bart, you haven't given us your uh, heart of the Ghostbusters. Who's your heart of the Ghostbusters? Well, I was going to say Goodman, and I still might, but part of me wants to choose Elevator Guy. <laughs> elevator oh guy. shit! That's a because, good choice. Because, but like, he doesn't, well, we don't actually know whether he speaks English because <laughs> he, doesn't he doesn't say anything. Yeah, he just kind of punches somebody and then yeah. leaves. Bye. I might have a beer with that Chinese CEO woman who was turned into Jackie Chan. Like, yeah. that was just a Jackie yeah. Chan scene. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just picking up random things and beating people well, to death. And that was one of those The whole time they were in China, it all felt to me, it, like, the one thing that it brought into my mind were the extra scenes from Iron Man 3. Yeah. It's like, ooh. Yeah, no, there's this, they had the same problem. Iron Man 3 is also co-funded. That was, that was the weird subplot of Iron Man 3, was that it was co-funded by uh, uh, Chinese like, studio organization or whatever, Um, and, which is why they, like, bend over backwards to redefine the Mandarin as not Asian, because... Well, also because that's... Well, also because it's incredibly racist. You can't... Yeah. yeah, They were gonna have the Mandarin in the first movie, and then I think it was actually the comic book writer Mark Miller, who, oddly enough, doesn't shy away from racism in his comics, but is smart enough... Uh, and canny enough to know that on a more populous stage, you can't do that. <laughs> and he went to Favreau and it was like, look, you can't use the Mandarin. Yeah. So, like, the first movie, the, I, both of those two, I haven't seen the third one, both of the third first two Iron one. Man movies, I, I really like the second one because it doesn't give a shit and it's just fucking around. <laughs> like, there's no, it's like this movie, it's like yeah. one damn thing after another. Yeah, there's, there's just no downy, sense of plot Like, at all. I don't care about any of that other stuff. The first one has Jeff Bridges on a Segway with a cigar, <laughs> which you can't beat. But the second one is just Ball downy, just like fucking around for two hours and yeah. I like, don't care. Uh-huh. Um, but both of those movies went into production without a, a script? real script. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like the first one, they had like one script that was supposed to introduce the Mandarin, and that's why they had the whole terrorist group that was the Five Rings. Yeah. And then Miller was like, you can't 
have a Chinese villain and name them the Mandarin. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, well, uh, Jeff Bridges, you're a villain now. And Jeff Bridges was like, okay. <laughs> and just, like, everything you see Jeff Bridges doing in that movie, he is improvising. Yeah. He, like, got told that morning what he was supposed to do. And he's just, like, it makes it way better movie to watch. Oh, sure, no, Favreau, those movies are notorious for having Favreau and Downey yeah. Jr. literally figuring out the set the script on set. Yeah, that with, day. um, with, what's his name? I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Justin Thoreau. Yes. The screenwriter. Yeah, yeah, who's Thoreau. Also yeah, in, Thoreau gets a writing credit, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I think that probably, I think it probably wraps it up for Transformers. Um. Amen. Amen. Uh, so, Jason, this is typically the time where we try to just sort of touch on a couple of, uh, topics of, well, things, things that were going on in Hollywood, like big, big Hollywood news of the past week or so. A couple of quick things we can chat about. So since we mentioned uh, uh, Iron Man 3, Iron Man 3 directed by, written, written and directed by Shane Black, um, who announced this week that he's uh, reviving Predator. I don't know if you, okay. if you caught this story. He's, no, I did not. Yeah, he's doing, he's going he's gonna to do, do a new Predator movie. Actually, him and Fred Decker, who did Monster Squad together. Yeah. Um, Didn't Fred Decker also direct RoboCop 3? Yes, he did. Okay. That's exactly true. So uh, The one where he fights a ninja and then has a jetpack? Uh-huh. Okay. So, so uh, the only sound I can make about Robocop. Three. Black is going to write the treatment, Decker's going to write the script, and then Black is going to direct a new Predator movie. It's not a reboot. It is, he's referring to it as an inventive sequel. Um <laughs> I don't know. As opposed to all the other non Is that just him saying it's going to be good? Yeah. It's just an inventive sequel. No, it's it's a sequel, but it's going to be awesome, guys. Well, he essentially wrote the first one, right? Like, last minute, just rewrote the whole script. Another thing written on set. set. Yeah, Yeah. they literally, they wanted him, the story for that is that they wanted him to rewrite the script, and he refused twice. And so they said, okay, well, look, we've got this small part in the movie. Do you want to be in this mood? Do you want to play this small part? And he went, yeah, all right, sure, and showed up at the jungle. And they went, great, here's the script. Please rewrite it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so he's he's coming back to the Predator franchise. Um, I mean, I, I, can't, I don't know if I... I haven't watched any of the Predator movies in a long time. It's been a long time since I watched any of them. Uh, but I kind of feel like the creative well is dry without doing something really really drastic. I mean, all the Predator movies, it's the same thing in a different location. Like, I think the Alien movies at least tried to mix it up in some interesting way. Yeah, like, every... I forget who said it, but, like, not every Alien movie is good, but every Alien movie is fucking weird in its yeah, own right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Did you see Alien vs. Predator? No, that's the one exception. Oh, I love that one. Well, and I would say that's... For the same reason. Like, from what was said. Yeah. yeah. You, you would enjoy that because, like these other movies that you seem to enjoy, we just not give a shit. <laughs> yeah. And then, but I would say that would, that's sort of the one thing, with the, the idea that, like, the not Predator the second one, second fighting another alien of some... Fighting some some greater enemy that maybe, like, humanity would have to band together with Predators. Like, that could actually be interesting. But we've seen it in Alien vs. Predator, and it wasn't that interesting. No, that doesn't sound <laughs> worthwhile at all. No. But it was fun. That movie... Like, I want to... I want to do, a, like, a marathon one day of Alien vs. Predator, Freddy vs. Jason, and, <laughs> like, maybe throw a Godzilla in there. Yeah, absolutely. Does. Godzilla vs. King Kong. Yeah. yeah just, like, crazy mashup yeah. versus things. Yeah, absolutely. Like, a great day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Predator. I mean, I gotta. I, I want to go back and rewatch. I haven't watched the first two in in ages. Well, I mean, the, the first only... one is you have to rewatch the first one very soon because yeah. the first one is unassailable. It's the best thing Arnold's ever done. It's the best thing McTiernan's ever done. Yeah. It's the best thing Jesse Ventura's ever done. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, wait a minute. Yeah, no, no. 
it's yeah no like that's it's that's just a prime film. The second one you should also rewatch, but only because. I mean, it's really fun to watch. <laughs> it's so the first movie. It's like the Predators taking down a huge commando squad of right. the most highly trained killers in the world, and in the it takes jungle. Arnold like almost to his death, right? To like defeat the Predator. The second one, Danny Glover beats a Predator to death with his bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> And I do. You're like, all right, it's Danny Glover. Yeah, I do remember the. All I remember about the second Predator is that it stars Danny Glover. It takes place in L.A. It's like urban Predator in the urban environment. Yeah, uh, and I think he's like killing drug dealers or something That's like what that. He starts off, yeah. Doing. Uh, and then, it, and then it ends with the, sh- or it doesn't end with, but at the end of the movie, Danny Glover, like, finds his way onto the Predator ship, where he, no, they, they have an alien skull, like, hanging yeah, on a right, that is the one thing that right. everybody salivated over. Exactly, like, that's the thing everybody walks away from that movie with, so, yeah. which is why. But we instead they should is. walk away from it saying, Danny Glover just boxed a Predator. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, the creative what was dry on that film series after the first one. Which is the truth of most film series. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, speaking of sequels and remakes, I know this is something that Bart and I are both very excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I I stand ready to crap all over it. Yeah, I know you're going to. uh, Because I feel like you came, you've walked into my house once, like, while we were in the middle of watching this movie, and you went, are you watching video games? Uh, oh, yeah! Pacific Rim? Oh, yeah. Pacific Rim will be getting a sequel in twenty in 2017. Not only that, it's getting an animated series as well. That's actually probably a good idea. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it, you can sort of Is there of a difference you. between an animated series and what that film already is? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's more of them. <laughs> well, okay, so, this is the interesting thing. So, uh... I don't know what sort of direction it's going to go in. It could be like ten, set ten years later. It could be a. It's not. It's not going to be a prequel. There was a lot of talk that it could be a prequel of like well, the years yeah. leading up to it because that Boring. movie. Well, that movie ends with like them. The end. Like, it ends. Yeah, it actually that, ends. That movie ends with every uh, like robot, every giant robot being destroyed, and every giant, every kaiju being destroyed, and the like portal that allows the kaiju to come to Earth being destroyed, closed. like closed oh, permanently. It's, it's over. Yeah. So I mean, so I, of course he gets a sequel, right? right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I mean, you could do a sequel where it's set like ten years later, and the the aliens with the kaiju are like they found another way in, and so you know whatever. But I also I, what I love about that idea, I mean, I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I, I hope it is, uh, is that they could ditch all the humans because all of the humans who survived that movie, with the exception of uh, Makomori, who is great, and. Macklemore? <laughs> no, uh, there's a, a Asian woman whose name is Mako Mori. She's oh, sorry. Like the best character in the movie. Uh, second, perhaps only to Hannibal Chow, who is played by Ron Perlman. He runs the kaiju black market. Oh, and he you told me about this. And he, he, Have he, you not he, seen this? I have not actually seen the film. The only part of this film that I've seen, as Daly referenced, was I came over to his house once and something was on the television screen, and I looked at it for a few minutes, and I legitimately thought, not in judgment, but this is just what I thought was happening, I thought you were watching some weird compilation of video game (laughs) cutscenes. And that's why I asked you, I was like, is this, what video game is this from? Like, this is just like, these are the the story parts of a video game. You're like, oh no, this is specific rim. I was like, oh, that's what it looks like. (laughs) And I wasn't, I I still, not in judgment, judgment, But that's just what it looked like to me. I haven't actually sat down and watched the movie. Yeah. So yeah. I think you would enjoy it because it, I mean, I, I think that you appreciate a movie that knows what it is and doesn't really try to be something else. Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds like something I'll probably enjoy, although maybe there will be a lot, you know, 
more talking than maybe I would want <laughs> from yeah, a movie. Yeah, of but that that's type. but that's when you go get more popcorn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from my kitchen. Yeah, uh, in the other room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but no, I, I'm certainly a big fan of. This. I know Bart, you're you're a big fan of the Pacific Rim. It's our it's the first thing we podcasted, in fact, and our favorite movie of last summer, I think, which um, I will be uh, going back to listen to. Well, that, is, that, I that promise. One, that, that's that's the daily screening. The that, Lost World. Yeah that that one that, that, that one episode is uh, lost uh, to. Well, I have a copy of it, but it's not part of our like podcast feed for various uh, trademark purposes, which I'll go I'll go into in a later can I, day. Can I have it? I just like having things that no one else has. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, well, I can give you a copy. Um, but Bart, is there, is there anything that you would like really love to see out of another Pacific Rim? Is there anything? I want the same thing I wanted out of the first one. Yeah. Which is giant monsters, giant robots, fight. Yes. That's all. And, 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 and like and I mean and yes, the, the great surprise was the kaiju black market, which yes. is so interesting. Yeah. Um no, so that's, I, all, that's all I want. That's just well, and that's it. that's the thing. Like that world is so there's so many weird little corners to that world that yeah. it's it's like that whole world is so fully formed uh, that I, I really I'm hoping we get to explore some of those weird yeah. corners I mean, a little bit it's more. It's weirdly fully formed. Like, yeah, like more than you just would like think it should be for something like that. Just but. like any Guillermo del Toro movie, where it's yeah. just sort of like right, there's right. stuff happening off to the edges. That you're like, Wait, what? there's a whole other movie happening over here that I want to see. Also, can yeah. we yeah. we also spend the half hour over there for a little while? So. Yeah. Um, I just want more of the same, basically. Yeah, it's a it's a sequel. It's a sequel. I want more of the same. And if for something like that, it's so plainly what it is. Yeah, fine. There's been all this buzz recently about Star Wars, um, and I know we kind of keep talking about this a little bit. Um, I got <laughs> okay. So Harrison Ford apparently like severed his legs while filming this new Star Wars off. movie. Yes. He has Clean no more, off. He has no more Clean legs. Clean off. No, I heard he got hurt. Yeah, so this... I mean, he's an old man. They need to take care of him. So the story at first was, oh, he... He broke his ankle on the door of the Millennium Falcon. And then... The irony is delicious. I know, right? And then it was, no, actually, he broke his leg, and he's going to be out for, like, eight weeks. Uh, so then there were all these... Then there was talk about maybe the movie's going to get delayed because... I, think I actually did read about this. Yeah. They should just well, write him being old enough to need a cane. Well, he was supposed to be... he is old enough to need a cane. That's true. He was supposed to... The, I, no, look, nobody knows anything for sure, because fucking J.J. Abrams won't tell anybody anything about his movies, but... Uh, the rumor was that uh, Han Solo was basically like the lead character of this movie, essentially, yeah. um, and that now, be, been because Disney, the Disney machine will not allow them to delay their movie eight weeks while he recuperates from his broken leg, that th- now they're basically going to have to rework the script a lot, essentially. Well, what I had read is, uh, I read it on Deadline, I think, yeah. is that um, Abrams and the producer had officially, more than once, even before the injury, put in an official request oh, yeah. for a May release May 2016. Date. They want May 2016 and real bad. Disney's having none of it, because no. this is, you know... Well, they got toys to sell for Christmas of 2015. Oh, yeah. I, so. that's, I mean, and you know what? I can see that point. That's kind of all the movie's going to be good for. Yeah. So... Um, well, the, the, the one silver lining to that story, though, is that, uh, it's possible that, uh, the, the, like, the rumor is that Oscar Isaac's role is gonna get beefed up ah. as a result. And there was, this was already, cause, you know, nobody, again, nobody knows who any of these characters are, but the sort of scuttlebutt was that, uh, Isaac's character was basically kind of like a new... Han Solo-ish character, that he was sort of like a roguish guy who came in and sort of played that role in the... Because I think 
some of these guys, like John Boyega and uh, uh, Daisy Ridley, I think is her name, like, some, we assume some of these people are, like, the kids of these other characters, and they're young Jedis, and this is going to be, like, the Luke Skywalker kind of role, and this is... And so everyone sort of thought, oh, maybe, maybe Oscar Isaac could be playing sort of the Han Solo-ish role, and then, as a result, now he could get more. And I'm always in favor of more Oscar Isaac. Um, I think he's... I think he's fabulous. Have you seen Lewin Davis, Jason? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. he's great. Yeah, no, he's fantastic. I, I mean, I'm, I, I, I think he's someone who I'd love. I love the idea of him sort of getting to do a big, a big franchise, getting, getting a big paycheck so that he can make ten more Lewin Davises. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's good news for everybody. I feel like. Sure. Uh, well, I have one one last question for for the two of you uh, to close out our session here, and that is uh, there is. Uh, I, I shared this link, and I think you both saw it. Um, you can now purchase via Etsy, I think, a seven foot tall painting of Vigo, <laughs> of Vigo the Carpathian. Uh, there's a guy who's literally he's just making making reproductions on like decent canvas, and they are like huge. They are like the size of your whole room, basically. Um, what would you pay for a seven foot tall painting of Vigo the Carpathian, and where would you hang it? I would hang it in your house. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have two. All right, cool. I'm okay with that. I, I, can, I couldn't, like that would freak me out. That, that, like that would honestly scare me. I think. Like, can you imagine walking into your house and you like the first day and you forget because you're like tired from work. You walk in and then there's fucking Vigo staring at you, like maybe glittering around his eyes a little bit, and your wife is standing there like with her head cocked to the side a little bit, going, mm. like no. <laughs> I would I would pay endless sums of money for like you just like because you know one day Jamie would do that yeah you'd walk home and she'd be like standing there like, <laughs> with a dopey expression on her face with her mouth open <laughs> and turn around as a she'd dog go, Lord Vigo <laughs> the upper vest side oh, um, so I guess it depends. Does it come with a dancing toaster? <laughs> that toaster is awesome. I wish it should. I mean, it should, right? See that I would buy. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's I think that probably just about wraps it up for us. Uh, uh, Jason, thank you, thank you so much for coming, man. This was uh, this was fabulous. We'll, we'll have to have you back. I, I had a great time. Thank yeah. you guys so much. Next time they come out with one of these shit shows, I know. <laughs> I say, so next week, uh, do you guys do podcasts on good movies? Yeah. So in fact, uh, next week we're, well, we're doing depends. yeah <laughs> relative scale. Yeah. Uh, I say so. We always like to say what we're gonna or we try to say what we're gonna see next week. So people want to watch along, play along. I already know what you're gonna say. Well, I think next week. It's actually it's Fourth of July next week. There's oh. Shit. But there's like nothing big. The big release next week is that fucking Melissa McCarthy movie, Tammy, which looks like nine kinds of terrible. Oh, I like Melissa McCarthy, but I haven't heard about that I'm, movie. Yeah, it, it's, I don't I, hear about it. it I, I'm mystified by it because it's literally it's like written by her and I think directed by written directed by her husband uh, Ben oh. Falcone, and so it's like there. It's not like the studio had some script and they put her in it. It's like fucking there. This is what we want to make, and yet it just looks terrible on every level. It just looks I, like ninety minutes of jokes about how fat Melissa McCarthy is. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I always want. I, I she's so funny with material that doesn't rely on. I know. Weight that yeah. It's. But then again, you know, I, there are have there have been plenty of movies that actually had an odd individual voice to them mm -hmm. that then studios marketing departments don't know how to cut a trailer for that's true so i, so, I mean I've it could be that, that yeah it could be that but it's just like it's hard for me to watch any of those trailers or commercials and find a good movie hiding in there somewhere mm -hmm. i mean it could be yeah. it might be but i i just don't 
I don't see it from what well, I'm seeing. Well, that's a so, shame. Yeah. Um, so I think next week I think we should see Snowpiercer. I... Uh, um, you were gonna say that? I'm down. It's playing at uh, it's playing at the Coolidge at midnight, but it's also playing at the Brattle at normal times. So we'll we'll figure out we'll figure out we'll figure out one or the other. But uh, Snowpiercer next week. I'm very excited to hear nothing but really, really, really positive things about it. So um, have you have you Bart, have you watched the host yet? Not yet. Same director. You should try and get to it this week if you can. Okay. Because uh, it's it's a lot of fun. So uh, so. Uh, uh, Jason, do you do you have a, a Twitter? Do you have a, a, a? Can people follow follow you oh, on the yeah. internet? Oh yeah, I guess stuff? I do. You have, can plug plug yourself if you have. Things. I do have a Twitter, um, and I guess I plant your seed. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting a Tumblr soon, but oh, I'll, I guess I'll announce that on the Twitter. So uh, the Twitters is my because I'm an idiot. My Twitter handle is my unpronounceable, unspellable last name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, however you choose to pronounce it, it's spelled M-I-C-H-E-L-I-T-C-H. Just think about it as if a man named Michel from France has an itch. Yeah, nice. That's good. That's good. Michel itch. You should just you should just be at Michelin Man. That's what you. Should I should do. actually be something, but probably by the time because I'm embarrassed about this, by the time this airs, I'll have changed my Twitter handle, so <laughs> no one will be able to there find you go. me. You will remain um, an internet phantom, much like Bart and my wife. I, this is the running joke: is that at the end, I always say, "Oh, you can follow me." At Daily Screening on Twitter or uh, on Facebook or the website Daily Screening, um, and of course you can follow this podcast on iTunes or on SoundCloud and or on its own website or on its own website. Uh, but like Bart and Jamie, who are usually on this podcast with us, uh, are neither one of them are on the Twitter or anything else. So I'm the only one who has like internet addresses to plug. Is so. this the twentieth podcast? This is, in fact, the twentieth podcast. Hey, so, yeah. look at that. Um, well, anniversary uh, today. <laughs> uh, well, that should uh, that should just about do it. Thank you guys for coming. This was uh, shit tons of fun. Uh, out of gas, bro. <laughs> out of gas. It was fun tons of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Thank you, Daily. I would like to dedicate this show to algorithms. <laughs>